0: Welcome to Productivity, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. We talk to extraordinary people that you've heard of and extraordinary people that you haven't. We pick their brains about how they get stuff done. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. Let's be super honest here. 2020 sucked balls. Hard. There have been some lovely moments. The birth of babies, the rediscovery of spending time at home with our loved ones, Biden-Harris 2021, to name a few, but for the most part, it's been hard, scary, uncertain, boring, so boring, heartbreaking, a financial mess. Do you remember when we all thought 2016 was the worst year ever? Oh boy, we were so young, so naive, so unprepared for a freaking global pandemic. So what would this year be good for if it wasn't for the lessons we learned? Here's what I'm taking with me into 2021. But before we jump into the episode, here's a message from listener Prue. Hi Carly, I just wanted to say it's great having you back in our ears again after Straight and Curly. I love the new format of the podcast and how exciting that everyone's talking about reputation rehab and you had Zoe on as a guest. Well done, keep up the great work. This is the final episode of the first season of Productivity Podcast. I just wanted to do an episode on the lessons from 2020 that I learned that I'll be taking into 2021. It's been such a difficult year for everyone across the board. It's There's been heartbreak, uncertainty, loss of jobs, loss of lives. It's something that none of us have ever experienced before. And I just thought it might be nice to stop and reflect on it and take what I learned from it into 2021. And then hopefully we can just set fire to 2020 and uh, never have to experience anything like that ever again. So here are the lessons that I learned this year. Number one, life is very, very short. 2020 has been a year of so much loss. And I think most of us have experienced this overused trope becoming a real thing personally. And thanks in large part to the fantastic efforts of the Australian government, particularly Dan Andrews in Victoria. I've not been personally affected health-wise from coronavirus, but the rest of the world and even some Australians have not been so lucky A lot of people have also experienced the pleasures of working from home, you know, having less activities to do with their kids and have been enjoying a quieter and simpler life I've seen a lot of people talking about the benefits of lockdown and even though I freaking hated lockdown, particularly the second lockdown with a passion and I would have given anything to see my parents during that time, there was something very precious about every weekend spent with my daughter doing nothing because we couldn't go anywhere or do anything. So we spent hours in the garden, hours reading. We couldn't go to the park because the park was closed. So we walked all the way around the bush near our house saying hi to the cows and trying to spot koalas in trees without minimizing or discounting the horrificness of 2020 and everything that we lost during multiple lockdowns. I do begrudgingly admit those several months of weekends with my little family with no interruptions, no visitors and nowhere to go really taught me how to properly slow down and spend literally hours watching my child exist because I had nothing else to do. And honestly, it's been, it's been really quite magical and it's taught me that slowing down and spending time in the present moment is really quite lovely. And that's a very big thing for me because I'm very much a go, go, go person. So I genuinely did appreciate the quieter moments. My lesson number two is to be scared and do it anyway. This year, my beautiful co-host Kelly retired from the podcast and left it up to me as to what I wanted to do with it. I was quite happy to let it go, but something made me want to try to turn it into something just as useful that the listenership we so lovingly built together would get a lot out of. So I jumped in the deep end and designed the type of podcast I thought our listeners would love. Honestly, I don't know if I've nailed it. It's still the first season and it's been a lot of work and a lot of learning and a lot of moments of being really, really scared and doing it anyway. I'm going to share this with the lovely listeners, but I actually wasn't sure that people would stick around on the podcast once Kelly left. I've always had this feeling that people liked her best. You know, she's kinder and sweeter and wiser than me. And I've often felt, you know, too loud and sarcastic next to her gentleness, which I think is why the podcast works so well, because, you know, she balanced me out. So, that was a really big hurdle for me. And overcoming that fear was huge and it's not resolved by any means and it probably never will be, but I decided to not let that be a reason to not give this a try. I also felt like this tiny little fish in this big pond when it came to interviews. I've never interviewed people before. So I had to learn to do that from scratch, which was terrifying. And I'm sure I will be developing that habit for the rest of my life. Rebranding straight and curly was, and still is very scary. This is the last episode of the first season. So I did it. I don't know if I did it well, but I did it despite the fact that I was scared shitless. So if I succeeded, great. If I didn't, at least I tried and I lost nothing by trying. So That was a really big lesson for me this year is to be scared and do it anyway. I have absolutely no regrets about trying to rebrand the podcast in this way and giving interviews a go and putting myself out there without Kelly as my sidekick. That's been really, really big Um, and I've lost nothing. So I can encourage you to be scared and do it anyway, because most of the time you will have nothing to lose. My lesson number three Is that the kitchen bench is too far away from the stovetop to carry an egg on an egg flip? Pick up the damn plate and carry it to the stovetop. Seriously, I've dropped like six cooked eggs on our floor this year. The distance is far too great. Just stop messing around with that. Number four, time is a finite resource. Let me preface this with saying that I absolutely do not condone sending kids to daycare when they're sick. But our kid, no shit, has a three-week runny nose that follows after every cold she gets. In non-COVID times, if you kept your kid out of care for a few days, they're usually fairly happy to have them in the room with a very mild runny nose because it's just deeply impractical to have your kid at home for three weeks every time they catch a cold because they'd just literally never be in care. But during COVID, if our kid so much as sneezes or clears her throat, we get a phone call to go and pick her up, which really, truly is fine. But as a business owner, it's a day that you pay for daycare. You also miss a day of work that you don't get paid for. So you have to make that time up elsewhere. And, you know, it's a bit of a pain. You can't do much about it, but like, that's been a really big issue for us this year. And I've concentrated really hard on looking at these unexpected days with my kid as bonuses. And most of the time she's in a fab mood. She just has a very mild runny nose. So we play and we do art and we read books and I will not allow myself to feel stressed or guilty for not getting any work done. She's only little once. And I'm going to continue to look at these unexpected days at home with my kid as bonuses rather than inconveniences. My number five is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I do not thrive in uncertainty at all. So 2020 has been a massive challenge. When will I see my parents again? Will I have daycare? Will I lose all my clients? What about my income? Will someone I love die from this? It's just been so awful for everyone. But I've spent most of this year using this same little mantra. I say today I'm okay. So I lost a major copywriting client in May and a big portion, portion of my income went with it. This meant that we had some penny pinching to do and I had some serious hustling to get that income back in other forms. But most of the time I was able to say, today, I'm okay. In June, they closed the New South Wales border with my parents on the other side of it. I had no idea when I would see them again. I was devastated, but I was able to say, today, I'm okay. In June, our kid got sick and we had to get her COVID tested and we all had to self-isolate until we got the results. Then we did it again in August. Each of those times were 10 days at home with a kid when we were trying to work full time. We worked for several weeks with her at home with us juggling our respective businesses. It was shit. But on those days, I was able to say, today, I'm okay. This year has taught me and many of us that discomfort is very different to disaster. I'm not in the habit of minimizing anyone's problems, and this pandemic has been just catastrophic across the world. I think if most of us, though, could take the problems we thought we had last year and have them instead of all the problems we had this year, most of us would take them. And there will be days when you say, today, I'm not okay. But 2020 has drawn a fairly hard line in the sand about what constitutes problems versus catastrophes. I think 2020 has handed us a big glass of harden up and I think most of us have risen really beautifully to that challenge and I hope we continue to do that in 2021. Hello, just interrupting this episode super quickly to tell you that I have a goal to get to 500 reviews of productivity by the end of 2021. To date, we're at 217 and I would love to double that number. My Kate Sobrano episode was listened to over 5,000 times. So if just 2.5% of the people who listened to that episode left a review, I'd be at my goal today. If you love this podcast, please take a moment to leave a review. Just search for productivity in your podcast app, scroll down and click leave a review. Thank you so much. Number five jumpsuits are a fashion miracle if you've been around these parts for a while you know I'm a dress gal I don't do skirts I very rarely do pants I wear dresses however that all went out the window when I had a baby and I spend 90% of my time on the floor invariably with my ass up in the air I got so sick of everyone getting a peek at my knickers every time I bend over I bought my first jumpsuit and now I have like six of them and it is unlikely I will ever wear anything else ever again I have a long torso, so I size up to a size 16, but they, it's, they're it's they just incredible. Comfortable, practical, stylish. There's just something so powerful and purposeful about a jumpsuit. Consider me sold and consider you bored of all the jumpsuits I'll be posting on Instagram. Number six you are loved more than you realize. This applies to everyone. This year, everyone's been so aware and so on edge about losing or not seeing their relations. It's just been this big, weird, delicious love fest. A very close friend of mine sent me a beautiful birthday present and sent a photo of us as teenagers with it. I had just got my license at the time and I was 17 and I'd driven us both to Parliament House in Canberra of all places. We lived in Canberra so you know it wasn't that far of a stretch and we asked strangers to take photos of us in our pajamas for some reason out the front of Parliament House. Anyway this photo is on my fridge and every time I walked past it I was just thinking how lucky I am to have this friend in my life and then I realized I never tell her this. I spend so much time talking to other people about how much I love Love her, I've mentioned her on the podcast several times, but I rarely tell her. So I did. I texted her and I told her how much I love her. I've received similar messages more so than ever. And it's brilliant. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep using our words and telling people how much we love them, even when all of our border restrictions are gone and we actually get to see them again. Seven. If you don't say anything about what's bothering you, you are accepting the behavior. I've become a lot braver with this since my daughter came along, but I just won't be silent anymore. Two things come to mind. I actively ask people not to talk about bodies, weight, and diets around my kid, particularly when it comes to commenting on her body. And I had a valuable client treat me very poorly this year and I called her out on it. I don't deliberately seek confrontation, but if there's something I'm not into, I say it, particularly when my kid is involved. This has been huge for me because I avoid confrontation like the plague, but I intend to keep doing it. It's also been really good with boundaries as well. When we've had a lot of restrictions, particularly in Victoria and I'm a rule follower. Our family has followed the rules the entire time and we have not been very good at accepting when other people have not been following the rules, but we've just been very firm in our own boundaries. And it's a skill I'm really hoping that I can take with me into 2021. Number eight, social media sucks. And I kind of hate it. This is no new revelation, but I spend so little time on social media these days and I absolutely love it. I publish what I need to publish. I'll spend maybe 20 minutes on Instagram checking out the people I follow, and that's it. I generally only have Instagram and Facebook on my phone from Tuesday to Thursday. Thursday night, I delete them, and then I reinstall them again on the following Tuesday morning. It is so freeing, and it's done absolutely nothing to harm my business. I really recommend you try it. It's kind of fantastic. I still take videos and photos of my kid all day. I just don't share them publicly. I also don't have my phone near me at night. I like to read or watch TV and crochet and picking up my phone every five minutes seriously ruins that vibe. I do have an article uh, on how I have improved my phone hygiene that I will link to in the show notes, but I can highly recommend not having social media on your phone 24-7. It's making such a big difference. Number nine, I am not invincible. To be fair, I never thought I was invincible, but I've been very good at dealing with whatever issues I've had in the past. Things like friendship breakups, loss of jobs, when my blogging agency closed down without warning in 2016 and left me without a massive chunk of my income. I've dealt with mental health issues and family issues, and I've always been able to pull myself through it I have really, really struggled this year, as I know a lot of other overly productive people have, and I promise you that's not me giving myself a pat on the back because it's not a healthy trait at all. In fact, it's quite toxic, but a lot of my self-worth is tied up in how much I can achieve and how much I can get done, and this year has obliterated my ability to do much at all. So, you know, for a start, there's less opportunities, less stuff is happening. And secondly, I'm exhausted. Existing has been really tiring this year, just kind of blearily watching the news and hoping the case numbers are low enough so that they can open the border and I can see my parents. And at the same time, desperately worried that I have COVID with silent symptoms that I might pass on to my father, who is smack bang in the middle of the most vulnerable age bracket of COVID deaths. It's been really, 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 Rough, And it has shed a very important light on my tendency to go head down, bum up when things get hard and kind of work myself through any problems because that wasn't an option this time. And it was very confronting. And the lesson I've learned is that I'm not untouchable and I have fallen in a heap this year. And it's a good lesson to learn and one that I hope I will carry into the future. Having said all that, things can only get better from here. We've managed to pull ourselves out of it in Victoria. At least the rest of the world is working on it as well. And one day, all of this will be a distant memory. But for now, if you can say, today I'm okay, consider yourself very lucky. If you can't, please know that one day you will say it again. We all will. On that note, this is the last episode of productivity for 2020. Please, please, at midnight on New Year's Eve, cheers a drink with your loved ones if you're able to and farewell the rubbish year it was and welcome 2021 with a clear and open heart. And obviously wear a face mask and sanitize. And don't kiss everyone at midnight. Don't do that. Okay, bye. that was the final episode of productivity for 2020. I will be back in your ears next year with some more fabulous guests and tips for using small habits to create a big life. If you have any feedback about the new format of productivity, you can email me productivity at carlyjacobs.com. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash productivity, just like Prue did. This is my favorite way to connect with listeners and I get so excited when people leave me messages. If you enjoyed this season of productivity, please take a quick moment to leave a review. It would absolutely make my year. Until next time, remember, little habits, big life.